0: Hey, beautiful people, welcome to the BU podcast. I'm your host, Ariel von Breder. My mission is to empower people to become the best versions of themselves so that they can live their best lives. I'm redefining success so people stop living the lives they think they should live and start living the lives they love. Join me weekly as I share my own insights and speak with guests that have embraced their unique gifts into living life on their terms. I hope these conversations inspire you to make the most out of your life by being your best self. Remember, be you, be beautiful. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Be You. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all, as always. In this episode, I got to speak with Marlo Nicole Richardson. Marlo began her career in law enforcement, and since then has been involved in real estate, restaurants, business franchises, home health care, and many other endeavors. And with all of her experiences, Marlo is the founder of Business Bullish, where she helps people create their own opportunities and learn the truth when it comes to entrepreneurship, investing, and creating wealth. And I love that Marlo started in entrepreneurship because she just wanted nice things. And I love this because there's no shame in wanting more, and it's a reminder that you can have more. And in this episode, you'll learn how Marlo followed her interests and the needs that she saw to create different business ventures. You'll walk away from this episode just ready to follow your dreams and pave your own way to success. Enjoy! Before we get into the show, I wanted to take a moment to share how I host my podcast using Anchor. It's free and easy to use. You can record and edit using your phone or computer, and then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's super easy to use, and they do the work for you. I highly recommend using Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on to the show. Marlo, thank you so much for being on the BU podcast today. Um, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are?
1: Uh, thank you for having me. So uh, my name is Marlo Marlo Richards, and I usually go by Marlo and Nicole. And I am born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Still here. Uh, my background is in law enforcement previously. And I've done uh, some work in politics and I've got a huge passion for entrepreneurship. So I've typically had a full-time job and then had some sort of business going on. And that's kind of been uh, (laughs) the story of my life in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm excited to kind of see your path and how you kind of got from law enforcement to entrepreneurship. So I'm curious about going back towards like the beginning, like, how did you get into law enforcement?
1: Well, it's a pretty uh, odd story for a little girl anyway. Um, let's see. I was in the fourth grade and I don't know if you remember D.A.R.E., that drug abuse resistance education, yeah. something that I looked forward to as a fourth grader in private school. And okay. I had a D.A.R.E. D.A.R. instructor that I just thought was the most amazing woman on the planet, her name was Eve Irvine, and she was my dare instructor. She was a canine officer, uh, went to private school in Englewood at the time, and mm-hmm. she really had a, a huge impact on my life. And from that point in time, I said, I'm going into law. And that's kind of how it started. And I basically geared my life towards going into law enforcement so that when I was 20 years old, I was hired by the police department.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And I love that this woman had such an impact on your life that that's kind of what drove your career. And I just I always think it's so amazing that like, you know, at the time, this woman wasn't like. Trying to change your life to like lead you to a nope. career. She's just trying to like, you know, <laughs> stay off drugs. But I think that's just so cool of like how she has impacted um your journey. So that's awesome. Definitely. And so what was it like once you finally, you know, uh got into law enforcement? Was it everything that you thought it would be? Oh.
1: Initially, it was, uh, but ultimately, no. So initially going into law enforcement, I had this mentality of I'm going to help everybody. I'm going to save people. I'm going to be this, you know, good citizen, humanitarian, and just try to be uh, the person that I would have wanted, you know, to pull me over. Unfortunately, especially being a black female, the first time that many people interact with law enforcement is during something negative, you know, it's traffic or they're responding to some sort of an emergency. And that wasn't the experience I had, you know, growing up, which is what made me want to get into law enforcement. But as I got older, that that really changed. And so getting into law enforcement, that was my mindset initially. And I did a lot of mentoring. I was able to make it to the rank of lieutenant. I helped a lot of people, anybody that I, that I could, that was trying to promote or, you know, even people at the time that I had to pull over or write a citation or arrest. I've always tried to have that, uh, that positive influence because people can overcome mistakes. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Right. And that's just basically the mentality that I had going mm-hmm. forward. I ended up with a, a supervisor that, um, didn't seem to like me or anybody that looked like me and suddenly we were all under some sort of a dark cloud either suspended or demoted or terminated so i had a really bad experience yeah went through about 18 years of you know a, a pretty decent career gradually promoting and just, you know, doing what I believe was a good job and what my supervisors believed was a good job, all for it to kind of end abruptly. But I believe everything happens for a reason. And no longer being at the police department allowed me to really focus on my passion and entrepreneurship. And so that's kind of where I am today.
0: Yeah. I mean, first I kind of want to hear a little bit more about your experience, like as a black woman police officer, like, I mean, how how did that kind of come across? And like, how did you like just what was that like for you? Well,
1: it was kind of um, it was fun and tough at the same time. Uh, I look a little younger than I am, so. When I was in uniform, it was uh, very challenging because as a female in law enforcement, you know, you're you're tr- trying to get the same respect as guys. So there's mm-hmm. like a, uh, I'm not going to say reputation, but there's it's kind of a thing in law enforcement where the perception is that females are a lot tougher. I don't think that they're a lot tougher, but it's, you you have to kind of be able to hold your own so that if you do come across some large guy that you have to give some instructions to, you know, got to be able to have that command presence. You've got to be able to be confident and, you know, sure of what it is that you're trying to do in order to get that same level of respect. And um, that was always a challenge. I think that I did well in that area. I played sports all my life as well. So being a leader, being confident, being assertive, I've never really had those type of issues. So it was kind of a natural transition for me uh, to, to be in law enforcement and to have to kind of give people instructions or direction, you know, in the nicest way possible. And if that doesn't work, to be able to transition into the firmest, you know, way possible.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask, you know, if, if you had any advice for anyone listening that like maybe a woman in law enforcement or if they're thinking about it, like what advice you would give them. But I mean, it kind of sounds like having that confidence and being you've a leader, gotta be,
1: but gotta, yeah, is there anything um, else? you've got to be able to, um, you know, take no's with yes Mm -hmm. You have to not be uh, very sensitive because if you're a very sensitive person, it's going to be a difficult job, whether you're a male or female, it's not designed for people that easily have their feelings hurt because you be a little more thick skinned. I think I've been called every name in the book and it's like, okay, thanks. Um, But I need you to go stand over there until I'm ready, you know, to finish talking to you. So um, you just have to be, you know, aware of who you are and not deviate based on what someone says or what their perception is or what their perspective is.
0: Yeah. But they can uh, do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that, that whole being aware of who you are is important in that role, just because like, it's like any other role, you've got to be aware of who you are. And then that just kind of like makes a difference in all that you do. Oh, um, absolutely. People will try to tear
1: you down if you let them.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. And then so tell me about your the this entrepreneurship side. Where did that come from and how did you kind of get started with that? Well, this is my favorite part of the
1: story. So, where it comes from is I like nice things. <laughs> and most jobs that you have where you have to go to work and you clock in and you have a supervisor and there's someone else in charge over you. And even if you're the CEO of a company, that's not yours, there's always going to be that glass ceiling. There's always going to be uh, certain things that you're not in a position to do, uh, not in a decision-making uh, position, don't have authority to make the changes that you want to have made. And oh. so for entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship was an opportunity to own something, to be able to make it exactly what I want without someone telling me, Hey, um, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. It was a chance for me to say, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is who I'm going to hire to do that part. And if I don't like the job they're doing, then I can change it and do something different. So it started, um, with real estate, actually real estate was my first opportunity, um, to kind of invest in myself. And so buying properties and it worked really well for me at one point I had about 12 different properties and I was collecting rent and it was great you know I had my own money I was traveling I shopped when I wanted and it was a really good feeling to not have to wait on every other week for that paycheck from the city that said Mm -hmm. hey I need you to show up at this time and do a b and c Mm -hmm. so one part of me had um, a lot of issues with deciding whether or not I wanted to be an entrepreneur or whether or not I wanted to be an employee. We get so used to being an employee because we like the consistency of knowing I have benefits, I have a check that's going to come every other week. As an entrepreneur, it's really based on how much you work, how hard you work and the type of business that you decided to get into. So a lot of people struggle with that part of entrepreneurship because there's no guarantee and you have to be willing to bet on yourself. So after, um, I won't say I got out of real estate because I still kind of dibble and dabble in real estate, but Mm -hmm. real estate led me into um, a restaurant. And the reason I got into the restaurant business was because I love entertaining. I love being around my family. I love being around my friends. I like uh, mixing cocktails. I like the camaraderie of getting everybody together. And I used to do a lot of events at my house where I was hosting people. Yeah. And so it almost seemed like a natural progression for me to have a place where I can actually host people, but make money at the same time. Right. (laughs) Right. So I had a a very successful restaurant uh, in one of the beach cities of Los Angeles. Um, I was still working full time at the time. So that was a bit challenging. Uh, I felt like I worked all day long.
0: Yeah. So uh, (laughs) let's pause here because I'm just kind of curious with owning a restaurant. Like, you know, they always say like restaurants are really hard to open and most of the time they fail, like. I can totally get like, yeah, I like entertaining people. Let's have a restaurant and like, I can do it there. But like, (laughs) like, what was that like? And how did you really know, like you could make uh, this restaurant successful?
1: Well, I would have to say my, my social network for one. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's funny. I, I do a lot of things on social media, but when you have people that support you and they believe in you, I don't think there's much you can't do. Mm-hmm. So when I opened up my restaurant. It was packed because That's people awesome. wanted to support me. It was in the right location. I, I made sure that I had a nice establishment. I made sure that I hired the right people and I made it a place where I would want to go and I know that sometimes my standards are a little bit high so (laughs) if it's a place that I would want to go then other people should want to go there too yeah without making it overpriced you know right and so that's pretty much what I did and that's awesome went from there
0: and then so so what was after the restaurant because I feel like it's going to be something totally different now (laughs)
1: Um, so after the restaurant, I started a home healthcare business and that was uh, something that came to me because of my grandfather who's deceased at, you know, right now, but at the time he was 100 years old and he needed help with basic day-to-day, yeah, basic day-to-day living. And so I did a lot of research and found that, the baby boomers, you know, we're getting to that. But being a first responder in law enforcement, I did have some kind of background and, you know, that type of, um, environment. So yeah. I started a whole healthcare business and provided, um, aids to people that needed, um, you know, basic assistance with their daily lives. And I did that for a couple of years and I found myself wanting to get back into the restaurant business. So I bought a franchise thinking okay. that it would be easier to run. And, um, I'm going to say it wasn't, uh, to me, a franchise was almost like being an employee because you're still kind of guided by their rules, their guidelines, their design. And right. it didn't, um, work well for me in that sense so I was able to get out of it right before the pandemic hit and Uh enough during the pandemic I came across another opportunity where now I have a sports bar and it's doing great and people love it and uh, it, it makes a lot of people very happy so I'm pretty proud of this one.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I just love that you have done these different things and, you know, because I think so many times we can, um, we want to start something, but we like see it as it has to be something like so long-term, so we have to figure it out and do it perfectly because like, this is going to be it. But it's like, you just did the things that, you know, you were interested in and like you saw opportunities come up and you tried them out and you changed and, I don't know. I just, I really like that. Um, that's a part of your journey. Like, did you ever have any doubts or anything when you did these different ventures?
1: Um, honestly, no. And you know, that might be a flaw in my confidence where I sometimes feel like I can do whatever I want and not in a, not in an arrogant way. Like I can do whatever I want. You can't stop me, but just, if I put my heart into it and I do the research and I'm willing to do the work, there's, there's nothing I can't do. And right. I don't know, like, you know, that old saying says, why not me?
0: Mm.
1: So if other people are doing it, why can't I do it? I should be able to do that.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: That's yeah, kind of how I feel about, you know, most of the, uh, the ventures that I've
0: done. And so I know the other thing that you um, are doing is you are the founder of Business Bullish. Will you tell us a little bit about that? So Business
1: Bullish is kind of a compilation of Marlo, the mentor and Marlo, the business person. And it's almost exactly what you were saying in terms of people wanting to start businesses. But you know, there's something that's preventing them from doing it, whether it's money, confidence, um, help. It's just my way of trying to bring, um, the realistic part of investing and entrepreneurship to people, because these are the stories that aren't told. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of successful people and some of them are very tight lipped with information. And I know that I've heard that, you know, just throughout my life that people don't want to share information. I don't know if it's the fear of uh, competition or, you know, you want people to do well, but not as good as you. I don't know what it is that causes people to be so unwilling to help other people, but Mm. I feel like I've been extremely blessed And part of my blessing is the ability to bless others. So if I can give people information, um, I'm willing to do it. And it's a lot easier for me to do it in the Business Bullish platform because I have an opportunity to reach so many people without putting myself in a position where I'm like, okay, I can't keep meeting with people. I have work to do. So I I try to interview um, friends of mine that are very successful and I have them you know, be honest and transparent and going through their own story about their successes, their failures. Um, I do uh, post or or put out a lot of information about investing because again, investing in in real estate and and now cryptocurrency and Mm -hmm. the stock market is what has actually helped me to survive, whether it was when I was no longer working for the police department or when I needed money to purchase a business or when it was time for me to buy my house. And a lot of these things are, um, you know, things and, and information that I know I've taken for granted. And you think that because you know something that other people know it. And I'm always amazed at the things that people don't know, just realizing that they've never been told or taught. And we only know what we know. And a lot of times you don't even realize how much you don't know until someone is willing to give you that knowledge.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I love that you want to share information with people and yeah, I don't know why people wouldn't want to share. Um, So I just think that the more we share like our information and ideas, like it sparks other ideas and like that way we help each other out. So I love that you're doing that. And yeah, we really don't know what we don't know. And it is so amazing um, for me because, you know, I think sometimes people get the other reason people get scared of putting themselves out there or starting something is because it's like, Oh, someone else is already doing that or that product already exists, or whatever. But it's just like, there's so much opportunity for everybody and people want different things. And, you know, yes, you might know all this information and things think that it comes naturally to everybody, but like a lot of people don't know how to do it or don't want to do it. So like, they need someone to do like, you know what you're doing, so I always just think that's such a good reminder of that. Not everyone actually knows the knowledge that you know.
1: Well, true, and a lot of you know my knowledge is based on experience, and so mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people try to tell me things, and they're talking about things that they've never done, yeah. and it's always interesting. You know how many experts are out there that really haven't done it. So I, I typically, at least on my podcast, I try to interview people that have actually done whatever it is that we're talking about whether yes. they or they succeeded usually they succeeded but I don't know any successful person that hasn't had some failure along the way so right. those are learning opportunities for everybody
0: you know mm-hmm. and I
1: I used to tell people all the time if I'm telling you my mistake it's so that you don't have to make it like there's yes. no need to keep repeating these mistakes that somebody's already learned from right. now not say that one person's mistake won't work for someone else but I had a boss that used to tell me sometimes you know it's like chewing fruit you eat the fruit and you spit out the seeds right Mm -hmm. just because someone is giving you information it doesn't make it law doesn't mean that you have to abide by that as some sort of a rule but if it's good information you take what you need and what's necessary and then you get rid of the rest
0: yeah Oh, I love that. I, I like looking at it that way with the fruit and the seeds. And so what impact do you want your work to have um, with the business bullish?
1: I would like it to be uh, an avenue for people to learn, get knowledge, get experience, um, get some confidence and, you know, kind of start having their own things we have a lot of employees and, you know, not enough employers, especially from the African-American community, you
0: know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, and why do you see that as something that is important?
1: I think it's very important when you look at um, historically who does well in this country and, uh, you know, hands down, I know I'm pretty sure this is still a fact, but I know uh, several years ago I had read that the most educated uh, person in the United States were Black females. But mm-hmm. Black females are not the majority of people that are CEOs, COOs, leading major companies or organizations, or even owning the majority of the businesses. So you have to wonder why is that? Why is it that we're the most educated, but we are the minority still in so many areas, including the wealth gap. Yeah. Why is that? So for me, if I can do my part in at least trying to help, um, you know, bridge those gaps or, or put things a little closer together, then I, I think, you know, we can all, do something a little bit better. And that's one of the things that I want to see be a little bit better. I would like to see, you know, my my family, my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, nieces, nephews, friends. I would like to see everybody do better. And I joke with some of my friends all the time and we like to travel. And so I like to be able to go where I want. And if I want to fly first class, I want to fly first class. If I want to get car service, I want to be able to do those type of things. And so yeah. I, I joke with them about, getting their stuff together so that I don't have to sit in those places by myself. It's It's no fun if you're doing everything by yourself. So I need everybody to do better. Right. So That's my own selfish motivation is as far as my close friends and family.
0: (laughs) I love that though. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to do this alone. Like we all need to do better so that we can all enjoy nice things and travel and just live life without worries exactly exactly and so I always like to ask like how has being yourself led to your success
1: oh um I would have to say I think people like honesty and sometimes honesty you know is brutal but I think it's all about the delivery and being has gotten me into rooms that I probably would not have been able to get into had I not been authentic and genuine and had, you know, realistic goals and expectations. And I believe part of me being myself is having something to bring to the table. You know, there's, uh, there's people sometimes that want help, but don't really have anything to bring to the table. Right. Yeah. I Type of person that I look—I don't look for handouts. I don't look for anything that I'm not willing to give. And so I always work, you know, very hard. Especially once I've got a goal in my mind that I want to do, I work very hard at achieving that. And so I think that's what has helped me in my success because people see that and they tend to—they um, respect it and they gravitate towards it, and they're more willing to help someone that's helping themselves.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I love that. And I'm curious like, is there like, what's next for you? Like, are you opening any other restaurants or (laughs) are you, what are you doing next? What is next?
1: So, you know, it's so funny. Um, I have some friends that tell me I'm never satisfied. And (laughs) um, maybe there's some truth to that. But again, part of wanting to do your best and be your best is, I want to maximize my potential. Um, Again, my grandfather passed away when he was 100, but he always taught me to work hard while I'm younger so that when I'm older, I have to. And so I've been kind of practicing building businesses and giving other people opportunities, um, you know, to run them, to operate them while I start to focus on the next venture. So what that next venture will be I'm not really sure. I have a couple of things that I do want to do yeah. and uh, I've been working on them. I don't know if I should uh, say anything now and curse myself before I actually <laughs> um, get it going. But uh, one of them, actually two of them are very much connected to my bar and, and restaurant ventures. Okay. And you know, I'll, I'll spill a little bit of it. It, it kind of basically, um, mm-hmm involves me being able to serve my own stuff at my place
0: Ooh, okay
1: so that's fun it's always been a goal of mine and I think once I get everything uh, kind of locked down to where I want it to be I think that'll be the next step at least for right now it's how I feel
0: yeah that's exciting where can people like find you and connect with you so that they can you know Uh, get the reveal when you're, when you're really ready to share.
1: Absolutely. I'm on Instagram at Miss Marlon Nicole. That's M S M A R L O N I C O L E and Facebook as Marlon Nicole and on Twitter as I am Marlon Nicole. They can also follow business bullish at business bullish on Facebook and on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Well, I will definitely put all of that in the show notes so people can find you. And is there any um, message that you want to leave with people today? Go
1: for your dreams. If you have something that you want to do, do it. I mean, there's never a good time. There's never a perfect time. So you just got to go for it.
0: Awesome. I think that's the perfect message and note to end on. like we just got to go do it (laughs) well thank you so much for being on the podcast today um I think you've shared just a lot of insightful things so thank thank you thank you for having me thank you for listening to the BU podcast If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and write me a review. I would love to hear from you. And you can find me on Instagram at beautifulchick or on my website, beautifulchick.com. Remember, be you, be beautiful.